from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. And welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School and we are on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And I'm here with Michelle Stucker and Danielle Bruno, who is running the board for us today. And we have an exciting show. Today, is it's fall. We've been talking about change. And today is all about LinkedIn makeovers. So, hey, if you've had a question on your LinkedIn or maybe you're not getting any bites, give us a call now. We're taking your calls all hour at one eight four four wharton That's 844-942-7866. So to help us with this topic, we welcome back Karen Yankovich, who is a self-proclaimed massive LinkedIn geek and also a conversational conversion expert. Through her company, Uplevel Media LLC, Karen guides career track professionals, C-suite executives, startups, and established brands to more profitable engagement through strategic social conversations. You can learn more about Karen and her consulting services, very popular LinkedIn workshops and programs on her website, KarenYankovich.com. Welcome to Career Talk. Karen, how are you? I'm great, Dawn. How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm going to ask you to spell that website for people because I know that we've gotten such great feedback on your LinkedIn tutorials and and all of that fun stuff. So I want to make sure our listeners have that information so that they can go there right after the show and download all of that great information. So go ahead, Karen. So my main website, and you don't even have to spell it out. You can go to KarenY.com. Perfect. You know, I know how hard it is to spell. <laughs> you go to KarenY.com, it'll take you there. But um, I can give you links to some of the um, programs that come up during the thing. I'll, I'll make sure that they have the links to those as well. Perfect. So um, this is fall. We've been talking all about makeovers. So last, last week we did resume makeovers on air. And today we're doing LinkedIn and social media. The one thing there's, I love LinkedIn for so many reasons, but the one thing that drives me crazy about it is that they go in and they make changes without really kind of making it public. So you're thinking, all right, I know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden the screen has changed or the feature has gone away. So what's new and exciting at LinkedIn that people should know about? <laughs> Well, hang on to your hats because they are making a massive interface change right now. I haven't even seen it live yet. I don't know if anybody has it live yet, but I believe they're starting to roll it out now. But it's a massive interface change. So it's going to look completely different when you log in. And I've seen, I've heard mostly good things about it. Um, but, you know, it's just people like me talking to each other. You know, it's really not, it's not really being used by the general public yet. So, you know, we'll see. But Things like, the, you know, the, the messaging will be more accessible on the, you know, you can see the messages on your main page and some all kinds of really cool stuff. So so the question is timely. <laughs> it's going to change again. Um, but, you know, the biggest change in LinkedIn since we talked last on is that they were they were acquired by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So, you know, by, you know, for, a, a, you know, billion with a B, billions, you know, of dollars. So, so. I think we're going to see changes. I think what Microsoft brings to the table are the things that LinkedIn really did lack, and that is the user interface and, you know, making it easy and and more user-friendly. So hopefully this is the first step in, you know, in that relationship where we're going to start to see some positive changes and make it easier for us to use this platform. Well, you're hearing it. 
here first on Career Talk with Karen Yegovich. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are talking all about LinkedIn. There's good changes to come. And we are taking your calls all hour. If you want us to make over your LinkedIn profile on air, give us a call. If it's noon Eastern time, we are here live at one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And we're going to Elliot in California. Elliot, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi, Elliot. Okay, well. Elliot might uh might be on a pause there, so let's go back to LinkedIn then. Okay, so I have a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about today, Karen, and in, in the spirit of makeovers, I was thinking of doing something fun, like, you know, in those magazines when they have like before and after, or they have like do's and don'ts. I thought that would be a really fun thing to do with, with LinkedIn. So I have a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll get off topic and talk about a lot of other things, but um, let's just dive right into that. So let's do it. Everybody knows you need a professional photo. Everybody knows this and that that it's 14 times more likely that your profile is going to get viewed and that you shouldn't have sunglasses on or, or be doing, you know, anything with with alcohol or partying or things like that. Everybody knows this. So here's my do or don't. <laughs> um, do or don't. Professional Sears background photo. So, can, you know, kind of the very like suit kind of sort of half turned blue background. Do or don't. In or out. <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough. They're one. all tough ones. That's why we're on this doing it because you know it's what? fun. I'm gonna say do. I'm gonna say do. I'm not a huge fan, but it's better than cutting your cat out of the picture. Okay. Okay. So, so if that's in, if that's what your budget allows for, do. All right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on this one too because <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You. Do. Well, I don't know. I might want my cat in my photo at some point in my life, but for now, well, I agree. You can do that on Facebook. Though, all right. All right. Um, <laughs> But I feel like those photos are very distant and cold. I mean, very professional, yes. But I feel like when I look on on LinkedIn and I'm sort of meeting somebody for the first time, if you will, I, I want it to be engaging and friendly and approachable. And I feel like that, I don't know, that, that bluish weird background that we had in grade school is not approachable to me. I agree. Well, I agree. And I think that what I would do if you're, if you're faced with getting your picture taken with that background is ask, I mean, it's, if, there, if you're going to a photographer that has back, that back, they must have other backgrounds too. You know, so even if it's just a white background, you know, you, you want to, there's some tips to that too. And I'll, and I'll share those. Like you can make it a little warmer by doing things like looking at, Looking so if you're looking at the camera, look to your left a little bit because you know that's where your headshot's going to be on your profile, and that means you're kind of drawing eyes towards your profile, Ooh, right? Good or tip. Looking, right? So you don't want to be looking away in the distance, right? Because then you're kind of you're not you know people people will psychologically that kind of makes people think you're distant. So look towards your profile, look towards the person that's looking at your profile, and that at least warms it up a little bit. Um, but you know even if you do it on a green screen, there's so many. I mean, anybody can edit pictures with free software all over the internet right now. So there's lots of ways you can adjust it. But I agree with you. I mean, you don't want to look like it's your second grade picture, right? <laughs> it just looks right. It looks, it looks it, you know, I want you to get a professional headshot done. But if you're getting it done professionally, if you're giving them even $5, they must have other backgrounds. So take control of that. Even if you stand against a wall, right, take control of that and see what you could do about getting it done in a way that makes it seem a little less 
aloof. And we we had a we had a pre-break quiz question on here once. It said smiling with your teeth actually increases, um, you know, how people view you, but laughing actually decreases your value because it makes you seem flighty or silly. So I thought that really? was interesting that research interesting. that people have done. And of course. Obviously, like you said, you don't want want the obvious, I was at a wedding and I cut out the three people around me because that's super obvious that, hey, I didn't put any time into this whatsoever. <laughs> if you have a question on your LinkedIn, we would love to hear from you. We're at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And I think we have Elliot from California back on the line. Hi, Elliot. Welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you? Uh, hello, doctor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, the timing on this is perfect because... Um, my previous career made me obsolete, and I went back to school, and I want to break into a new profession, but I'm concerned. I just completed my degree, so I have a degree in business management, and I want to break into the sports field. But, you know, finding work is very difficult, and I know networking is the key, but, you know, how do you network if you don't have anybody in a network? Yes. Very good. So. You went back to school. Congratulations on that. What you want to get into sports. Tell us specifically what you want to get into in sports and what you did previously. Well, what I did previously is I made a career in photo finishing as a field service technician working on photo finishing equipment. And as you know, that's basically a, a dated uh, industry. But, um, you know, as I look through the sports industry, there are so many uh, different positions available. Um also, I have years and years of experience working in youth sports. So I've sat on board of directors. I've coached teams. I know how to run a league. I know how to run a team. So I feel that, you know, also leads to my, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, experiences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I look at, you know, youth coordinator positions within sports teams that want to reach out to uh, the, the youths in the area, um, any type of management position, you know, working in a stadium, uh, just anything in general, I, I feel that I can qualify for quite a few jobs. So here's the good news, Elliot, um, and I'll say this all the time. It's not the most qualified person who gets the job. It's the CEO's nephew. And what I mean by that is that networking can trump a lot of gaps in the experience that a traditional candidate would have. So one of the things that that we can talk to you about on air is, is we can talk about how can you rebrand yourself on social media like LinkedIn and your resume to be positioned to be the person that they want. So first off, because you're in photo finishing, um, Karen and I are assuming you have a fantastic LinkedIn profile picture, which you <laughs> do you have a LinkedIn profile, Elliot? Oh, of course I do, but, you know, I do, and it's all based on my uh, photo finishing experience, but, you know, also I am a professional photographer working in sports, but, you know, that's kind of, you know, not on, like, the major league level. So that gives you a lot of connections, no? Um, it's, it's kind of narrowing because it's like I, I, I have shot some high-profile events, like I've shot Boston Marathon, New York City Marathon things like that, but I'm only shooting marathons are the things that kind of put me out there as far as a high-profile sports photographer. 
Okay, so here's what you need to do. You need to first figure out what specifically you want to do in the sports industry. You need to figure out your plan A, your target, because the sports industry is too broad of an umbrella to go into. So you have to do a little bit of research and say, yes, I want to go into something in production that uses my film and photography background, or I want to go into something you know, more in management that uses my recent degree. But you have to have that focus. Saying I'll do anything sounds like you'll have more opportunities, but in fact, you'll have less. And the reason for that is because people are going to think you're very wishy-washy all over the place, don't know what you want to do, you just want to be in sports. And think about that. I'm I'm not a huge sports person, but a lot of people are. And it's exciting to say, I want to be working for the Sixers or I want to be working for this team. So you have a lot of people knocking at the door saying, yeah, I just love to do anything for this for this industry, for this team. You need to be different. You need to be the guy that says, the reason that I picked this role on this team is because here's what I bring. You need to be focused. You need to be clear. And you need to show them that you've put a lot of thought into it. And it isn't just about getting your foot in the door. It is about the fact that this is the career you've been working towards for years. Karen, do you have any additional advice for Elliot? Well, first of all, I 100% agree with what you just said. And and Elliot, that doesn't mean when, when Dawn says you need to pick exactly what you want to do, it doesn't mean that that's what you have to do forever. But you have to go in there you know, when I tell when I work with people on LinkedIn profiles that are in similar situations as you, and there's lots of them, I basically say, think about your dream job. What is your dream job in that industry? And write your profile as if that is the only job in the world for you. Because what will happen then is, you know, it may seem like you're going to get less opportunities, but you don't need a hundred people looking at this that are looking at ten thousand other people. You need one person to look at it and go, that's our guy. You know, that's our guy. He's got he, he's got exactly what we want. You know, so write your profile as if you're looking for your dream job. And listen, if in a couple of weeks it's not working out for you, then change it up. You know, but if but when Dawn says you can't look wishy-washy, I completely agree. You've got to be really confident about what it is you do. And one of the things that you said stuck out to me, and that is your role with all of the youth sports things. And I tell people all the time, when you write your LinkedIn profile, it says experience, not jobs. And those experiences that you listed position you as influential. People, people had trust in you. People had confidence in you to put you in a leadership position in a youth sports environment. So use that. Write an experience about that and talk about, you know, everything that you've done, even the photography. Put it all in there because it's your personal brand, right? It's not – you don't have to hide things that are not involved with what you want to do now. So put it all in there because it makes you interesting. But see if you can find ways – to kind of talk about it in a way so that it builds up to what you're doing now or what you want to be doing now. And Elliot, yeah, I think Elliot, I I totally agree with you here. And I I think it would be worth investing in a couple of sessions of career coaching to really get your pitch spot on because it sounds like you have a network built and it sounds like maybe those aren't the people with the jobs, but it's likely they're connected to people who have the jobs. But when you go to that second level, you want to be kind of pitch perfect. You want to say, here's what I want to do. These are the people I want to meet. These are, you know, this is what I bring to the table, the value that I add. And Karen, I love what you said about it's not a job section. It's an experience section. And that is so true, whether it's volunteer or work that you've done on boards or other things like that that contribute to where you want to go. 
spot on. That should be in your LinkedIn profile. Elliot, thank you so much for giving us a call. We wish you the best of luck. Hey, if you have a question on LinkedIn and you want to do a makeover on air, we are here to do that for you all hour. One eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And we're going to Sophia in New York. Sophia, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Yes. Hello. How are you? Um, thank you for sending um, my call. My answering my call. I got to say I love your show. Oh, thank you, Sophia. And, and I do have a couple of questions. I am a business owner, and one of the my first question is: Is it worth upgrading to LinkedIn Premium? And my second question is: um, Should we have a personal or a business a business page as business owners? Ooh, good, good questions. And Sophia, I will tell you, actually, both of those were on my makeover do or don't list. So you are, it's like you you've read my mind. So. And these are questions I know, Karen, that a lot of people have, especially the first one. Do I go pay for the premium account or do I stick it out with the free access? And and things are changing at LinkedIn, so that answer might have been different a year ago than it is now. But Karen, go for it. Yeah, well, um, so, yeah, nice to speak to you, first of all. Um, so I'll give you an example. Somebody like Elliot that we just spoke to, he might want to invest in premium because what premium gives you is – additional search functionality. So Elliot's faced with having a full network full of people that really aren't as valuable to him as maybe they would be, you know, in this new career path of his. So what he wants to do is really very specifically target a new network of connections based on his new parameters. So so identifying who your ideal connection is on LinkedIn is really an important part of LinkedIn's success. And advanced the premium programs gives you advanced search features to help you do that. But I will say that for the most part, most of the things I talk about, you don't need the premium for. You can get a, you can do a lot of great stuff with just the free version. Um, what I would recommend is you take advantage of a deal. You know, often LinkedIn's always sending, give you a free month of the premium, but make sure you don't take advantage of it unless you know you have a month where you're really going to be able to focus on it, right? Like don't take advantage of it on, you know, December 15th if you're going to be on vacation for two weeks for the holidays. Take advantage of it so that you can see if you do use those features. And if at the end of the month you don't, then just don't, then just disconnect it. And Sophia, can you tell us um, what your, it, it, are you using this for your personal business? Do you have your own um, company? Yes. And I have, I set up my page, and but it has my personal page. And I see, so what I did try the premium for one month and I thought, okay, this is some additional it was the search that was very um, interesting because I could look. I am, I am in the flooring business, so I could go out and search for director of facilities and then contact these people directly, which if you have, the, if, as far as I could, I could uh, try on, on, the, on the free version, you can really do that or you have a limited amount of, of, of emails you can send out. And, um, but I was looking to expand a little more my, my, um, the use that I do with LinkedIn. And I always see, um, that you should create your more content and everything else. So I, I really wanted to explore more of LinkedIn because I think it is a, a very important tool. Yeah, especially if you have your own business. And, um, Karen, one of the features I like that, that comes with premium is the analytics 
that you get. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. a little addicted to data, so that. Um, but I think Sophia, that can help your business too because you can actually see what actions you take on LinkedIn and how they almost directly impact your views, which for somebody who has their own business could be very helpful information. So, Karen, okay. what about the the professional page? Um, so, you know, it's a, that's a, it's an interesting question. I'm hoping, you know, what we talked about earlier with Microsoft jumping in, I'm hoping with Microsoft jumping in, it make, gives us more reason to want to do that. Right now, your, your LinkedIn profile is about you, right? Your personal brand, your personal profile. So you really have to take it from that perspective. And you, of course you can share some marketing things on it, but for the most part, you can't be on there selling all the time because it's really about positioning you as an expert and influencer so where do you do all that selling? Well, you can do that on your company page, but the problem is it's really, really difficult to get eyes on the page. So to me, right now, unless you're going to do LinkedIn advertising, which is makes the company page very valuable, to me, a company page is kind of like a brochure. You know, if you go to my LinkedIn profile and you click on up-level media, it'll take you to the up-level media company page. I probably have, you know, I don't know, five or 6,000 LinkedIn connections, and I think I don't even have 100 people connected to my company page. Because it's just too, it doesn't really do anything for me unless I'm going to put some ad money to it. So it's nice to have, um, and actually, if you guys are, if you go to my website and connect on my Facebook page, I just did a video, I just uploaded a video this morning on my Facebook page about what I think about company pages and personal pages and why and how you do it if you want to do it. But um, it's just, I think it's good to have it, but don't have too high of expectations for it because you're. All the business is going to come from your personal profile. I agree. And if you're going to do something like that, I would say put your time into a, a, a company website. So an actual, you know, www.sophiasflooringbusinessawesomeness.com or whatever that's going to be because that that's something people want to see. People want to see that you have a web presence. And even if you just do a quick landing page and contact um, information, I think that is going to be a lot more worthwhile for you, Sophia. Sophia, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We hope you keep listening and tell your friends. We are here all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You can also tweet us at bizradio111. And we are here with international LinkedIn and social media expert Karen Yankovich. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're going to Alex in Canada. Alex, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hey, uh, so I have a question about the uh, what what your opinion is about um, when is it appropriate to add connections? Um, you know, a lot of times uh, you might meet someone in person, uh, and then sometimes you just get random people that are, are adding you who are maybe second or even third connections that you've never met before. So, what is the, the what is your general opinion or approach? for those sort of more impersonal connections? When is it appropriate to add? Yeah, great question, Alex. And I'll tell you, my opinion on this has shifted uh, from when I first got on. So, Karen, I'd love to hear your opinion on this one because I I definitely have changed my thoughts. (laughs) Well, I have a strong opinion on this one. Perfect. And my strong opinion is... Why would you not want to be people to be able to be connected to you, right? It's, it's kind of like, and I'm not saying you should connect with every single connection request. I'm absolutely not saying that. But I'm saying that, I mean, if you get one and you just even just get a icky feeling about it or for whatever reason it just doesn't seem right, you don't have to connect with everyone. But the reality is if they want to connect with you, they're interested in what you have to say. So that's like putting a that's like putting a filter on your website and saying, well, you can't look at my website until I know more about you, right? I think that I think that it is 
absolutely okay and that you should be open to taking these connection requests because it it just it helps you get more visibility and that's what gets you more business success so that's kind of that's kind of the short answer i i think i say do it i and that has my opinion has changed initially i think when i got on linkedin several years ago karen i was thinking well this is sort of my professional rolodex and and my going in position was well anybody who i connect with should be somebody i've met so that i feel like i am comfortable introducing them to my network and things like that but but it's become much more of a marketing kind of social connecting you know, places where people put blogs and interesting information and you, you learn things and you share things. So, Alex, I'm, I completely agree with Karen. You'll probably get emails from what people call a lion, a LinkedIn open networker. And those people are basically saying we're open to connecting with anybody. And um, so you might see that at times. But here's the thing. I've also had people connect with me. And then their second email to me was a marketing email or buy this product or have you thought about insurance? And I will tell you right now, if, if that's what comes after that, <laughs> it, you're getting disconnected because that is what I think people are afraid of. It happens very rarely. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. But I mean, if that's what somebody's doing, trying to, to sell you something or, you know, it, as Karen mentioned, it's it looks suspicious, then it probably is. But for the most part, it's safe connecting with, with everybody. Another thing, Alex, people are concerned about is, well, then they'll see all my contacts. That is a feature you can shut off if you don't want everybody to see your contacts. So you have the ability to control that. And if that's a concern... Um, you know, you can do that pretty easily. What else, Karen? What other considerations when you're when you're looking at who you should accept and not accept? Well, I think I, I, I agree with you also that, you know, it's, it's really easy to disconnect that connection if they start spamming you with requests. And so so what I'm going to say, though, is, you know, while we're talking about connecting connection requests, what you really want, ultimately, what's going to be really valuable to you is a network full of people that are of value to you. Right. So, so don't worry as much about who's connecting with you and start thinking about, start reaching out and building a network of, of people that help, may help you further your goal. And when you do that, keep in mind the question you just said, why would I connect with this person, right? So once you do that advanced search we talked about with Sophia, and now you have a list of people that you really want to be connected with, now you have to stop and think, what can I say to them to make, to make them understand that, you know, that that I'm not just blindly connecting with people, you know, and one of the ways that I like to do that is I sometimes I just do it geographically. There's so many connections on LinkedIn and frankly, in my business, I don't really care where you live, but if I, if I sort it geographically, then that connection request to them might say, Hey, just came across your profile. I love doing business with other local business owners and was hoping to connect with you here. Right? So it gives you a way to build your network strategically with people that might be of value to you. Um, so don't spend as much time worrying about who's looking to connect with you and start spending some time thinking about building your network strategically. Hey, Alex, great question. We really appreciate you giving us a call on Career Talk. And one other thing I'm just going to remind listeners is when you send that initial invitation, make sure you personalize it. Take just two seconds to say, hey, Karen, I heard you on Career Talk. Love the show. Loved your advice. And link in with that person. Don't send the generic, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn for two reasons. One, it shows that you didn't put any thought into this at all. But two, 
LinkedIn actually tracks this stuff. So if you forget how you met somebody, this can be really helpful information for you down the road. So, hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk. We're at one 844 And we are taking your call now, all hour, on how to do your LinkedIn makeover. So I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with LinkedIn international expert, Karen Yankovich. And we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay, here's this week's quiz. Only 1% of employers prefer this when it comes to resumes, which means if you're doing this, you should probably stop now. Think you know? We're at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Only 1% of employers prefer this when it comes to resumes, which means if you're doing this, you should probably stop. We are here all hour taking your calls live. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back.
are listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk. We're on Sirius XM Channel 111. We are powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You are listening to Career Talk. And if it's noon Eastern time on Thursday, we are taking your calls now. And we're doing LinkedIn makeovers with Karen Yekovich, who is an international expert on LinkedIn and is joining us all hour. We are taking your calls at 844 Wharton. That is 844-942-7866. We're getting such great questions, Karen, from from the guests that I, I want to... I agree. I know, I know, but I, I'm going to do the pre-break quiz because um, it's going to lead me into some other do's and don'ts for the... for the Well, kind of. Um, it all kind of gels together. So pre-break quiz this week was only 1% of employers prefer this when it comes to resumes, which means if you're doing this, you should probably... St- Stop. So, Danielle, let's go to you first. What do you think? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I was nervous that you might ask me first. Um, I'm going to say putting your education at the top or I don't, maybe they want to see your experience first. So I always say experience trumps education, but that is, that is not the answer to this one. You got to buzz yourself. Yeah, there you go. I know. Michelle. Um, I'm going to guess, I'm trying to come up with something creative. I got nothing. How about putting your picture on the resume somewhere? Yeah, so that's definitely something you you don't want to do in the U.S. So, but it's not the answer for this one. (laughs) It's not obvious. Karen, would you have a guess? Oh, gosh. If I had to guess, I would say fancy formatting. Nope. It's not the formatting. It's only 1% of employers prefer receiving resumes via mail. Snail mail. Snail mail. Wow. Um, wow. Because with applicant tracking systems, databases, and analytics, the company doesn't have time to deal with that. So why it used to be a differentiator, maybe it is still a differentiator, but maybe not in a good way. You know, if, if that's your method of doing it, then you may be pulling yourself out of the race before you even get in. But as I was researching this, Karen, I guess saw this, that an, in one case, an applicant rented a billboard, which the hiring manager could see from his office and listed all of his qualifications. Is that a do or a don't? Listen, <laughs> I, 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 how do you call that a don't, right? I mean, like, it's a don't, of course, but... But, but, you know, I go back to, because it was interesting because you were, what you were saying, like, it is really about trying to find a way to stand out. So if that's going to make him stand out, you know, I don't know. I guess it's a, it's a don't because I don't think you're going to hire somebody as crazy as that. But, um, <laughs> but, but I, I give him an A for the intent, right? Um, I actually have a, a funny resume story. I was hiring a customer service rep about 10 years ago. And, you know, a customer service rep, they do everything. So at the end of it, we basically said, you know, really needs to be able to walk on water. Um, and we posted on like monster.com and some things like that. And we got thousands of responses, but one of them, the subject line was only frozen. And I was like, I like this guy. I made it stand out from the other thousand. So therefore it kind of leads me to do something to make yourself stand out. But 
you know. Yeah, it's hit or miss because you find those stories of the person who walked around with a, you know, sign on them in front of the office and and got hired. I mean, you see these on CNN and other news channels, but I would say it works very, um, you know, intermittently. I I can't (laughs) I can't say that's a good strategy in general. But but if you're in a creative (laughs) field or you come across the right person who who likes that, you know what? It just may work. So so don't rule it out, but but don't make your primary strategy is where we'll go with that. Okay. Absolutely. So, so I want to talk headlines because headline is probably one of the most important parts on the LinkedIn profile. And hey, if you need a headline makeover, you're not sure you do, we are live noon Eastern time Thursday, taking your calls right now, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You have a LinkedIn question. Maybe you're not on LinkedIn and say, how the heck can I even get started? Or maybe you're thinking, oh, what do those endorsements mean anyway? They're so stupid. Give us a call. We want to talk with you. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, and we're here with guest Karen Yankovich. So we're going to talk headlines. Tell us why headlines are so important, Karen. Well, first of all, headlines are most important because Google indexes them. So if you want Google to send people to your LinkedIn profile while you're sitting on the beach, um, make sure you write a good headline with lots of great juicy keywords in it so they can do that. Perfect. Nobody's searching for a CEO, right? Nobody's going on Google and saying, I want to search for a CEO, right? So think about what are people searching for? that you want to come up as the search result and use those words in your headline. Yeah, and I'm going to go so far as to say if you're in a job search or in a business and you're not on LinkedIn, you pretty much don't exist in that world. I mean, it, it is that important. And I would say that if you have an untended LinkedIn profile, so maybe you've you've slapped it up there a couple of years ago and you've never been on it since and you have four connections and, and you know you're not even in the job, I mean, having that up there – is worse than not having it up there at all because basically you're you're it's like a messy front yard your curb appeal goes down so if you have a profile up there and some people don't even know they have a profile up there right get up there and do something with it okay so headlines 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 um i here's the do or don't karen um i was looking at a number of headlines and i'm going to read them to you because there is as we were talking about a few minutes ago some benefit to being creative, but there's there's kind of a, a threshold. So here are some titles I found. You tell me, do or don't. Um, okay. Process junkie. I don't even know what that means. So don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Director of fundum. <laughs> don't. And are these standalone? Are these part of a – is it part of a headline or is this a whole complete headline? So it varies, but I agree with okay. you that maybe if you have process junkie somewhere in there and it, it, it's explained. Right. Director of Fundum was a standalone. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Digital overlord. <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, I I like it. I like it. I'm nobody, I'm nobody searching for it, so you've got to make sure you have some other keywords in there, but I need a digital overlord, so I <laughs> – Appreciate. Well, there's one out there, <laughs> and, and probably only one out there. Um, change genie. Yeah, no, <laughs> too too far out there. Well, and and then there's the opposite, like strategic leader. Like that tells me absolutely Zippo. Right. So right. so you don't want to get too crazy creative, but at the same time, you don't want to be so generic, like manager or 
you know, project manager. Like, they, like you could have that in there, but get a little bit more descriptive with it. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So I want to come back to this topic because it's way too fun not to, but we're going to go to Sarah in New York. Sarah, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi, um, I've been out of work for a few years off and on. I've been working a little bit part-time, doing a lot of volunteer work, and um, I'm, I might be ready to work full-time in a couple of years from now. So in the meantime, I'd like to prepare for that. And I'm just wondering if I were to put uh, basically, what should I put on my LinkedIn? Should I put in all the volunteer work that I've done in the last five years or um, and, or not, if it's not related to my career goals? And also, how far back do I go? Yeah, this is a great question, Sarah, and it, it relates to a number of things. So people who maybe have been out of the workforce or have a gap or, you know, maybe maybe took a turn in their career and did something different but want to go back to what they did before. And Karen, this comes up a lot about like, what do I put in that space if I wasn't doing anything? The the standard has seemed to have been, I'm just going to say I was, you know, Sarah consultant for four years. But what do you think, Karen? What should Sarah do? And in general, what what do people do in that situation that isn't kind of fake or, or you know, corny? Yeah. Well, I think, so a couple of things. Volunteer work is experience, as we talked about earlier. So you can definitely, so there is a section in LinkedIn for volunteer work, but if there's things that stand out, like if there's a role where you had an influential role, you were director of something or president of something, I would put it in experience as opposed to down below in the um, volunteer section. Um, That being said, I don't, you know, I don't think you have to worry too much about gaps anymore because I don't really think people are worried about that. I mean, it's, it's just a different world than it was 20 years ago where you had, you had a gap in your resume. You didn't know what to do about it. Um, but also, I actually had somebody one time in one of my programs, and I've got to find it because I didn't save it, but I've got to go back and find it. Um, she was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years and wrote the most unbelievably awesome job description for that. Like, she basically wrote this amazing description for the 20 years or 10 years or whatever that she was home with her kids. And, you know, um, you know, schedule, you know, manage schedules. And I mean, just it was awesome. So it, so, again, it's your personal brand. So think about the things you're doing right now and start to put a little, um, you know, find out where you can pull some some things that will build you up to where it is that you want to be right when you when you're ready to look for that job. And and don't be afraid to use them, whether or not you got paid for them. Yeah, I like what you said earlier, Karen, that the, it's an experience section, not a job section. So, so Sarah, one of the things I would add to what Karen said is is look for the common threads. Look for, I mean, think about where you might want to be when you go back into the workforce, and are are you building those skills? Are you are you um, are there common transferable skills that that you can show progression in? So, so do be thinking ahead. But I agree. I mean, people are are out of work. They're taking breaks. They're traveling around the world. Um, you want to show that that you're active and that you're not sitting on the couch throwing back beers. But at the same time, I think people are, have portfolio careers where they're working part time and they're doing other things in their time. So, so things are changing. And I think that's going to be a great thing for the workforce as well as all of us as, as employees because it's an exciting world. So, Sarah, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We wish you all the best. Hey, if you've got a LinkedIn question... We want to hear from you at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And 
I want to go back here into these <laughs> these job these headlines on the LinkedIn profile. All right, I came across this one that I thought was hilarious, and it said, "This was this was his headline." Quite possibly the only person on LinkedIn who isn't a results-oriented team player with excellent interpersonal skills. <laughs> Which, yeah, maybe maybe laugh out loud because the fact is there are so many overused LinkedIn words. And I did a little research after looking at that, and I I found the top twelve of 2016 overused LinkedIn words, and they have they have changed a bit. But I thought it would be fun to share these with listeners but I thought it'd be even more fun to have Michelle and Danielle guess what they are so so guys got any guesses what those overused words are I do okay okay um one of them I was thinking is high achiever I see that a lot so, or, or driven. Driven is on there. Ding, ding, ding. 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 <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, other ones I was thinking um, utilizes. I mean, that's on a lot of resumes. I don't know about LinkedIn. Yeah. Not as much on LinkedIn. <laughs> Danielle. I love how buzzing. I didn't get the ding. But I know. I, got you the got the, you got I know. The I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like stumped over here. Meanwhile, I'm judging you. Um, let's see. Let's see. Motivated. Yep. You got it. Woohoo. There, there it is. You go. There you go. <laughs> come, on, come on, Danielle. You must you I got know. one. Anybody um, else? Let me think. I want to say. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, I'm really stumped. Experienced. I... Yep. Woohoo! I'm on a roll now. <laughs> I am it. on a roll. That's three for three. So proficient? Uh, no, but that's a good one. That's yeah. you. You can keep using that. So yeah. <laughs> so some of the other ones were creative, overused, enthusiastic. Yeah. Don't tell me you're enthusiastic. Show me you're enthusiastic. Passionate. Same thing passionate, um, responsible. This is, Karen, this is one of my pet peeves, responsible for, responsible for. No one cares what you're responsible for. They care what you did and what the result is. If you have responsible for on your LinkedIn or resume, this is the only thing you need to know from today. Take it off and replace it with a good action verb. You know, managed, which isn't the best one because it's overused as well, but transformed, engineered, designed, created, you know, something that really shows. Um, Here's another one, strategic. Strategic. Everybody's strategic, but nobody really knows what that means. What does that mean, you're strategic? Dedicated. Again, show, don't tell. I see people with dedicated in their headline, and they've been in each of their jobs four months. I'm like, well, you're not that dedicated. (laughs) (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, nobody cares what you are. They care what you could do for them. Correct. You know, so that's what I mean when I say don't put CEO in your title. Maybe you makes you feel like you're impressive, but that's not, you know, nobody, what can you do for me? You know, tell me how many, you know, if you're an accountant, tell me how many people are living the life of luxury as a, as a, when they're, now that they're retired because of everything you've done for them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, What's in it for me? It's 
I yeah, totally agree. Make it client facing or employer facing. Make it about the person that's reading it, not about you. Hey, you are listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, and here we are here with Karen Yankovich, who is giving us all of her LinkedIn expertise. And we have an email from Ben in Illinois who said, Don, I graduated several years ago, but I've continued to take courses in fields that I feel would advance my career. Should I include the extra courses under the education section? On my resume. So on the resume or on LinkedIn, I mean, we could talk about them in the same way for this question. But I do think um, the education section is always so interesting to me because you have kind of the sparse like here I graduated and then you have people list courses and test scores and GPAs and all that. I mean, what is your thoughts on that, Karen? You know, I think it really depends on your LinkedIn goal, but I and I and I also think make sure that it makes it's relevant. You know, I mean, if you you know if you decided to take a course in pottery, you know, just on the side, that's not really education about make make sure it rolls up to what you're doing now. But I do think that if people see that you're continually investing in yourself and your learning and your you know your growth, if the last class you took was 20 years ago when you graduated college, you might not be as ready for this job as somebody that puts on their profile that you know, they got certified in, you know, Google Apps or something last year. So think about whether or not it's going to be valuable to your LinkedIn goals and judge that way. Yeah. And I think it, in general, I mean, you can actually put more on LinkedIn than you probably can fit on your resume. So so if something doesn't really fit on your resume, but might be interesting to have in LinkedIn, I think you can have slight differences there. But coursework is great, uh, but it never trumps experience. So I don't think there's any harm in throwing a few classes out there, but at the same time, people are not as impressed with the fact that you, you've you done a class in accounting versus having actually done something experience-wise, whether it's volunteer for a board or whether it's an actual job in accounting. So it's one of those things that I think it's a, it's a good foundation, but people want to see what you've done. What about test scores and GPA and all that on LinkedIn, Karen? I don't know. I don't think – I don't really know. I mean, it's so – I hate to say this because, you know, I have college-age kids, and, and it is important that you get a good GPA, but I don't know that that's going to help you get the job, you know? And, you know, you need they need to know that you're somebody that can work well with the team around you and that can adapt to things, you know, not that you can get an A in a course. So if you think that your SAT scores are going to be valuable to helping you get that job, then by all means, put them. But if if you can't come up with a reason why that anybody would care about that, then because, again, it isn't about you. It's about what you can do for them. Mm-hmm. I'm hiring somebody. I'm going to hire somebody that, that can tell me about the news they wrote, you know, for their high school sorority more than their GPA. Yeah, um, I I agree. I think I think if you're just recently graduated and and you don't have a ton of experience, sometimes that information can help give you a little bit of a boost. But nine times out of 10, they're going to want experience. So so get out there, do internships, get a part-time job, get experience, because that's what's going to count. Ben in Illinois, thank you so much for sending us an email here on Career Talk. Hey, you can also send an email, businessradio at SiriusXM.com, or you can send a question to Twitter at BizRadio111. We are taking your calls now on LinkedIn Makeovers, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So, Karen, I'm going to bring up a very, like, 
controversial topic and it's really not but but every time this comes up people freak out and have different opinions LinkedIn endorsements. And now endorsements are not recommendations. Recommendations are those those things for our listeners who, you know, you type in that Karen's awesome and she has all this international experience and I would highly recommend working with her. Endorsements are those those skills that you put on that people can kind of do that one click like yeah, career coaching. Dawn has that. What do you think of endorsements? You know what? They're, first of all, they're there, right? They're there. So we got to use them. So use them strategically. You know, if you go, if you're looking to hire, it's like, listen, if you're a college student and you're looking to get a job, right, and you've got the top 10 endorsements are full, you've got lots of endorsements for all of them. And make sure, by the way, your top 10 are the things you want to be known for. You can reorder them. Mm-hmm. And do your best to fill them up. When people are looking at that, it gives you credibility. I mean, it does. So even though we know that people are endorsing us for things that we know they have no idea what it does, in general, it gives you credibility. It also feeds LinkedIn. It tells their search engines that that's a keyword that they should send people to you if people are searching for it, right? So there's a lot of good reasons to use them. Um, it also, you know, when you scan down the profile, you want to see the same things over and over, like we talked about in the very beginning, right? Your profile for one job. Make sure those endorsements, those skills that you're being endorsed for are things that support that role. So there's a lot of good reasons to use them. The one thing that I don't like, I don't worry about people endorsing me, by the way, for things that they don't know I do or don't know how to do. I mean, that's just a, a, something we have to deal with with that. So I wouldn't really worry about that. What I don't want you to do, though, is send an endorsement to somebody when what you really want to do is give them a recommendation. Like, don't cheap out and send an endorsement to somebody. I mean, I appreciate every single one I get. I'm grateful for them. If you really want to help me out, write me a recommendation, please. Don't send me endorsements thinking that that's going to be the way to thank me for what I've done for you. Yeah, what I like about them is I, people always ask me, you know, will you get more and more contacts on LinkedIn? How do, you, how do you keep in touch with everybody? And, you know, sure, you can blog, but a lot of people don't have time for that or don't do that. But I like endorsements for that reason. I make it a point to go on to LinkedIn for 15 minutes a week and endorse people for different things. Because what happens is the next day they get a happy little email that says, Don Graham endorsed you for for management or leadership or whatever it is and it just kind of puts you top of mind like oh that was nice absolutely and i mean i mean if no if no other reason do it as a quick ping to somebody to be like hey i was thinking of you i wanted to you know endorse you for coaching so all good there's nothing there's no there's nothing bad about sending out endorsements send them out generously and you know often i completely agree i have a client that got um a tv uh, interview based on sending out some endorsements one time. Whoa. So she's a big fan of them. She's like, I, you know, and she, I really should have her write me up a testimonial on that because she's like, you told me to do this and I got an interview, you know. So it's, it's, you know, it's keeping, it's that visibility, right? It's all about visibility. So here is a question that I get a lot and I'm sure you do too. If you're in a job search, do you put that in your headline or do you put that somewhere front and center saying looking for opportunities in? I say yes. I mean, we, you know, we've all nobody, nobody, very few people have had jobs, jobs dropped in our lap. Everybody's had to search for a job. So I think there's nothing wrong with being in a job search. So I think it's okay to say that. Um, but you really have to use your judgment and see if it works for you. But I say, yeah, I say put it in there. So where do you put it? Do you put it in the headline? Do you put it? You could. I would put it if you're looking for a job and you're out there, then I absolutely would put it in the headline. Okay. 
So Yeah, I absolutely would put it in the headline. And I'm actually looking to see if I can find it right now. But I got, I hope I didn't dream this, but I got something <laughs> last night that said that LinkedIn was adding a feature that would allow you to keep your job searches more private. So if you're searching for a job, maybe this is all part of the whole Microsoft thing. So if you're searching for a job and you're worried about your current employer finding out about it, that they're building that extra level of security in so that you can do more job hunting on LinkedIn while you're still at a current job. So that would be really cool and be interesting to see how that plays out. You'd be more stealth about it. So Karen, it's been Incredible having you on this hour. I always learn something new when you're on. You're so high energy. We love having you on Career Talk. The woman who dreams of LinkedIn in her sleep so that she <laughs> thinks about it so much. Tell our listeners how they can reach you, Karen. So you can go to my website, KarenYankovic.com or KarenY.com. Or you can go to FirstThreeThings.com, being the number three. FirstNumberThreeThings.com. And you can get a free video series on the first three things you need to do for your LinkedIn profile. Thank you so much for coming on air. We love having you on, Karen. Uh, Michelle and Danielle, thank you for participating and making the show run so smoothly. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And if you'd like more great advice, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. Or you can subscribe to my blogs on dawnoncareers.com. Thank you for listening to Career Talk. We're on SiriusXM Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. And we will see you next time. I want to